RWJ Barnabas Health Telemed offers you two convenient ways to see a doctor anytime, anywhere, without having to come in for an appointment. If you're in need of urgent care, you can use our app to connect with a provider 24-7, right on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. Or you can use our website to schedule a virtual visit with an RWJ Barnabas Health Medical Group provider or specialist. And you can even register as a new patient. Book an appointment online at rwjbh.org slash telemed. Your safety has always been our top priority, and we've taken every precaution. So don't delay your care any longer. Get started today at rwjbh.org slash telemed. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Join me at the annual RWJ Barnabas Health Running with the Devils 5K Run and Walk on Sunday, October 24th. For those unable to attend, a virtual running option is also available October 1st through the 24th. 100% of proceeds from the event will be used to support our healthcare heroes in their efforts to protect and build healthier communities. To register today, visit NewJerseyDevils.com slash 5K. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Speak of the Devils podcast presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. I am Sam Kassan, joined once again by Amanda Stein, the A-team back in the fold for you. And today, Amanda, we have Dawson Mercer on the pod. He was New Jersey's 18th overall pick in 2020, one of three first-round picks from the Devils. All he did after that pick was go back and have a phenomenal year in Chikutami, led the team in goals with 19, led the team in points with 36, won a silver medal with Canada and the World Juniors. So, Amanda, a lot to like what you saw from his play over the last year. I mean, I, I think you just sort of hit the nail on the head when it comes to his stats. But what's the most interesting to me is his offensive output this past year versus the way he was really used in a lot of different contexts um, during the beginning of his Quebec major junior hockey league career. He's really shown that he can be that utility player that can play in all aspects of the game. You can throw him on a fourth line. You can throw him on a third line, a second and a first. And he has this ability to naturally adapt to the type of play that you're asking him to do. And not, you know, not every player has that, right? Like some players just, they are who they are, but for, for Dawson, he just has so many tricks up his sleeve when it comes to being able to adapt. And I think we saw that um, particularly with how he was playing this year. So he's a great kid um, as humble as they come, you know, he's a maritimer. They're just sort of down to earth people. You'll hear his accent, you know, it's a very specific maritime accent, uh, a great kid, and I think he really has a very bright future. And he was, Sam, he was part of that first draft class that got drafted over Zoom. Yeah, so. I don't a, know if it was he, actually Zoom, but it was like. The, he's a Zoomer, for sure. That was yeah. the generation, I guess we'll call it the Zoomers, or Gen Zoomer, however Gen Z, everyone <laughs> to say it. But he has, he went through a very interesting year uh, because there were so many COVID restrictions, even just playing in in junior hockey. and. You know, he, as he'll tell you, and as he told us, he had to quarantine quite a bit and a very interesting first season for him this past year. So without further ado, let's hear from himself. Here is Dawson Mercer. Well, Dawson, first of all, thank you for taking the time today and joining with us. Welcome to Speak of the Devil. 
No problem. Thank you. I mean, I know you've done this podcast before, but we're hoping the second time is just as good. Uh, I do want to start with you, though, because the last time we spoke with you, I shouldn't say we, I guess it was Amanda and Matt Lachlan. But the last time you spoke to the Speak of the Devil podcast was last year after you were drafted. So in the meantime, an entire year has gone by. I wonder what the year has been like in particularly playing during a pandemic with the different restrictions. What was the season like up in uh, Chikutami? Yeah, it was obviously really different than a normal year, but I was fortunate that I got to, you know, finish out my junior career and uh, not like some guys that didn't get the opportunity to do that. So, but obviously it was a lot different. And for me, switching provinces and, uh, you know, I had a lot of quarantines. I, I was up to like uh, 12 or 14 weeks. I can't, I can't remember which one, which number it was, but um, I did a lot of them, but overall it was pretty good. I got around 40 games this year, which uh, was a good amount compared to other players. And, it ended up being good. I experienced a lot this year and, and, you know, different season, obviously, you know, you could be practicing for two weeks and not playing until the next weekend. So it was pretty, you know, fortunate for me, like I said, but I got to go to the world juniors and play with team Canada there and got a silver medal now from that tournament and uh, got to go back to Shikudmi and play in the playoffs. And um, like I said, it was, it was a nice way just to end the junior career. And where do you think your game has grown and how would you assess the season? Because obviously the numbers look good. 23 games, 19 goals, 36 points. The playoffs, nine games, six goals, 17 points. Very good showing there. And you get to the semifinal. Individually, how do you think your game grew and how do you assess the year for yourself? Yeah, I wanted to be obviously a, a top player in the league. And every time I step on the ice, you know, I want to, you know, keep on improving and, and be better. And I thought I did that uh, through all my progression every year. I thought I became a better player. And, and this year being a 19 year old in the league, I wanted to, you know, create a lot of offense, but you know, I, I take a lot of responsibility in my, my D zone and uh, little things like having a good stick and just win face off. So uh, I really bared down on that this year. And I think that, you know, all that good defensive stuff really led to a lot of offense this year. Like I, like you said, I, I found the back of a net and, you know, a nice bit this year. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to keep on doing that. And, uh, you know, like you said, it led into playoffs and uh, be a player that can be relied in in big moments. And, you know, not just during the regular season and hide away later on. I, I thought I did a really good job of that and uh, performed on a daily basis. What about those quarantines? You said how many, what, 10, 12 quarantines? Something like that. It was like 12 or 14 weeks. So weeks of, okay. Accumulated. So, so what does a hockey player who is so used to being active, either practicing, playing, working, like what did you do to fill that time? Cause I, I did like three in the last year and a half and I was like bored out of my mind. <laughs> yeah. So it all depends where I was really like True. my first one, uh, my brother plays in Quebec also. So we traveled up and we did our quarantine together. So we worked out together and we hung out and it was, you know, my last two weeks with him before we both went to our separate teams. So uh, that one went by pretty quick because I was with him and, um, you know, preparing for a training camp mm -hmm. pretty much, you know, there was a couple of times when, you know, you would play another team and they would get COVID, but we never got it, but we still were in close contact. So we had to do a quarantine. So then it was like, you know, home workouts with bands and uh, my, you know, the, the team gave me some weights and everything to use and it was pretty good. Like I said, and when you're quarantined, like, you know, I could go outside in the backyard and everything uh, around the house. So that part wasn't too bad. I'm a big outdoors person. So uh, whenever I could do that, you know, that's how that went. And then in Edmonton, I was going to say the team Canada one and the one, so they had a different events. And that one was like, we had no windows or nothing. Like you couldn't leave your room. So like 
no windows that could open. So no, yeah, fresh yeah. no fresh air. We're doing our workouts and team activities. Like we would have like some guest speakers come in and uh, keep us company and just, you know, keep the mind fresh. And we did like a painting contest and it was, it was pretty good. And then um, when I would do my quarantine back home, it was even more comfortable because I was, you know, I had the full basement and I could go outside and, you know, do some activities out there. So it, overall, like I kind of got used to it. Where did you land in that uh, painting competition? Uh, first, on that one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what did you paint? I, I, used to, I I never painted before. That was my first painting. But like when when I was younger, me and my buddy used to draw, and uh, I used to get pretty competitive during like school contests and everything. You know, when you would the the school would have like a little award or something. So we, I always was a big drawer, but kind of just pencil and paper, nothing you know out of that. So the painting was new, but it, it turned out pretty well. Was this one of those contests where you all paint the same thing or were you allowed to paint whatever you wanted? And if so, what did you paint? Um, we, we all did a painting pretty much of someone. T- I forget the name, but Bob Ross is his name. Oh, right? Bob Ross. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, there was two teams at camp, obviously. So one team did one uh, painting and the other one did another. And then pretty much there was a contest that, you know, all the players, every time we would have new pool and the players that moved on, you would just keep voting. So it was, it was a, <laughs> you know nice so what was like the grand reward or is it just that you were team canada's best painter well it was like it, we did it for uh charity so oh, like that's we, true i remember that yeah auctioned off and they made some money for uh we're in red deer so in red deer uh, yeah we did it and uh you know it was obviously for a good cause so that was a nice nice part to it and um i believe i got like maybe like a, a skip the dishes like coupon yeah. Like, so it wasn't too much, but it was more for like that event for the charity side of it. So, which was nice. And I want to go back a little bit to, to your time in Shikunami because you said you were an older player, an older man on the roster. And one of the things you talked about last time on the podcast was you wanted to be a leader, even though you'd only been there a little bit. I wonder what does leadership mean to you? Like, what did you do to try and accept that role? And maybe what did you learn about being a leader over this last year, being an older guy on a younger team? Yeah, obviously, um, you know, I was there at 16 in Drummondville, and uh, I got to play with some, you know, you learn from the older guys when you're you're younger too, right? Because, you know, when I'm going to get there one day and I want to do as much as I can for the younger guys coming in and um, just the team overall. So I thought, you know, when you, I helped, like I was comfortable with the young guys, you know, one, because I was doing the same transition, you know, coming into a new team. And so make it welcoming for them to come in and then uh, push them in practice also, like, you know, it's our responsibility, you know, to keep the high pace and in practice and just keep on getting better every day. And uh, don't be, you know, scared to speak up, uh, you know, in the room or just the guys individually, even. So I think when you do that in the right manner, like you get more respect for everyone. And they, and, you know, when you show the same respect back and forth, it's really good. And, um, you know, always just even communicating with the coach back and forth, like they, they obviously the leadership group put in place to, you know, make that, transition more smooth and uh i thought i did a good job of that this year and you know I, I hope i helped out the guys that will be the leaders back there uh for this season and what's that like when you're trading juniors i mean obviously we, we see it a lot in the national hockey league the american hockey league by that time you're grown or you know grown men you're 25 years old 30 years old in the professional game <laughs> yeah in the professional game but when you're 14 15 16 i mean uprooting from billets going to new new surroundings like what, what was that experience like i guess yeah, so I got traded after two and a half years in Drummondville and went to Shigurumi and I wasn't there too long until, 
you know, the COVID happened and I was back for this year, but, um, you know, the juniors, you, I tried to win at 17 and then you, you know, they stack up another team, try to go. So you kind of, uh, move around sometimes. So I only got traded once, which was pretty good. And, uh, it went pretty good. I love both cities. And like I said, the guys made me feel welcome when I showed up there and get comfortable so I can, you know, find my game right away. And, uh, like I said, you know, you got, you're surrounded by wonderful people. Like they're there to help you. So they wanted me to come play for them. And, you know, I wanted to go there too. And it, it all worked out that, uh, you know, they did whatever they could to help me. And same thing, like, you know, your billets are a big part of it in the juniors. Like they make you feel comfortable away from the rink and then your teammates. And, uh, I think when you all work as a whole and, you know, not individual, it, it's a lot better. And, you know, I think that's a big, a big help when you get traded during, uh, you know, the juniors or the pros. I had to check, but you're a late birthday, which means you can, you will be in either New Jersey or Utica next year, depending on, you know, how things go. What excites you about knowing that, you know, you're about to embark on the professional side of your career? Yeah, finally, you know, junior was obviously great for development and uh, coming up the ranks, but now it's time for the, you know, the pro level. And that's why I've been working towards my full life. So, uh, you know, whichever team and, you know, where I'm to, it's, it's obviously just same, the same mindset. You know, I got the one end goal of, you know, getting, getting the New Jersey and playing there. And, you know, I think it'll be pretty special when that time comes and, you know, I'm going to make the most of it and do whatever I can to make it happen as soon as possible. I know that, you know, you're always consumed by your own season when you're playing and all that, but I've always wondered, like when you're drafted by a team, like, do you keep tabs on what New Jersey was doing over the last year and a half, maybe watching the games? Like, do you sort of focus in on that at all? Or do you just try and sort of put that over here until you're there? Well, you know, during the year, like there's obviously a lot of contact with them and, and back and forth, you know, yeah. watching my games and trying to help. But then also, you know, you can look at them and learn a lot because, you know, that's your, your future, hopefully. And um, I think, you know, doing that is a big part of the game. And, you know, the game has come so far with video and uh, technology and just, you know, all the little details. So I think whatever you can do to, you know, make you get there better and quicker, it, you know, it can really be a big bonus for yourself. So, you know, like I said, yeah, you, you kind of want to look how they play. And, you know, we're, it's a young team in New Jersey. And uh, I think, you know, obviously in the future, it's going to be bright and to start getting there and building with them uh, sooner would uh, you know, is what I'm trying to do and hopefully uh, bring my game to that level where I can. Read somewhere that you're a player that looks up to Patrice Bergeron. Yep. He's somebody that you try to model your game after. Yeah, he's obviously, you know, an unbelievable player in this league for a long time. And uh, he's that complete two-way forward that can do whatever you want, whatever role. And uh, he can bring a lot of offensive, but then, you know, he's out there taking D-zone draws and, you know, all that responsibility that, uh, a lot of players would like to have. So uh, that's the type of player I've been trying to model my game after and, you know, be responsibly defensively, but then also transition and be able to, you know, create a lot of offense and be relied on in different situations. And, you know, that versatility is a big thing in my game. You know, I, I you know, I played power play all year, but then at the World Juniors, I was a PK player. And then, uh, you know, just adjusting back and forth, it's, a, you know, it's a big part of my game and I want to be, I want to be good at it all. And you mentioned the World Juniors because I feel like you played two different roles in the two different years that you were there. One a little more defensive, a little more checking, the other a little more scoring. Does that kind of show what you what you mean when you say that you're a diverse player that can play at both ends very well in whatever role is being asked of you? Yeah, like I said, I, I want to be, you know, whatever role they call upon me is, you know, you know uh, what I'm going to do. And, 
you know, if that helps me get here quicker and, uh, you know, I'm willing to do that. And, you know, you, you build your game a lot away from, you know, practice time and in the gym and, uh, develop new skills, uh, outside of the game itself. But, uh, game time is a big thing. And, uh, you know, I like to try to do whatever I can to, to make that happen. And like I said, uh, you know, defensively, offensively, uh, whatever you name is something that I, you know, I focus on a lot. Was something you focused on a lot this year, face-offs? Because your face-off numbers this year really took off. And it's it's such a thing for young players that usually hard take a time, you know, it takes a while for them to learn the ins and outs of the face-off game, the circle and the mind games, everything too. What what do you think was the reason you had such a big success this year? Yeah, obviously I bear, I, I wanted to be a lot stronger. Low my technique, you know, I, I like to be low on the puck, low on my stick. And um I think it's important, you know, that puck possession is is huge. Uh, I can I can win it for my team where the wingers obviously can come in and help also, but uh having that puck right off the start of the shift is, you know, it's important for, for me and my team. So and something that I, you know, practice a lot with my coach and just have to practice, you know, he's dropping pucks. Uh, just me versus no one. And then, you know, after so many, we'll bring in another player and they'll go against me in different styles. I'll, I'll take a guy that likes to be more technical, but then I might take a guy that's just the strongest guy in the team and take draws against him. So uh, switch it up. And like I played wing uh, for my 16 and 17 year and then 18 and 19, I played center. So I used to play center before uh, also when I was younger, but I, uh, when I switched back to it, I, I really wanted to bear down on my draws and, you know, get that puck possession right away. So you're from a small town in Nova Scotia, Bay oh, Roberts, Newfoundland. right? Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Sorry. In Newfoundland. Sorry. Sorry. That was my bad. That was my bad. Um, Newfoundland. And so what was sort of life like there when it came to, um, you know, COVID and, and was life sort of normal there because it's smaller? Yeah. Like the province did a really good job to be honest. Like, um, when I went home, like I felt really comfortable. Like, you know, there's, there's times when we were going like a month, two months with like no new cases. Like we got, we would have zero cases at times in the full province. So like, um, you know, you're really comfortable, you know, going to the city and, uh, going with your friends and everything. So it was pretty normal in the summertime. Like I, you know, when I go to the gym and training and skating, like get that finished with, and then I would have my afternoon to, you know, do some activities that I love to do back home. And, uh, they, they really handled it well. And it made for a good summer progress for me because, you know, I was pretty much living the normal life the last uh, two summers when I went back to, you know, help my game progress. And what sort of life like there? Like, what do you, you know, you mentioned before that you, you like the outdoors, you like to do things outdoors. So other than hockey, what does that environment in Bay Roberts sort of provide you in terms of being able to do outdoor things? And what do you enjoy most? Yeah, I enjoyed obviously, um, you know, when I go home, I like trying to get everything in, at least do it once. Like when I, when I go home to have some, uh, just give me that home feeling that you don't get to do during the hockey season. So, um, you know, I went on a big salmon fishing trip with my, with my uncles and my cousins. And, uh, you know, we were sleeping, uh, up from the river in the tent for like three nights. So like, eh, that was obviously a fun trip that I like to do. And then, um, I enjoy dirt biking. So me, when I first got home, me and my brother and my cousin, we would go, uh, you know, pretty much every day after I leave the gym or get off the ice and go enjoy that side of it. And like, you know, my cousin got sea dew. So we go up swimming in the river and uh, enjoying that. And like I said, there's a whole lot of different things that there's a lot of hikes. And also I went to gross more this year where you climb the, it's the, um, you know, one of the major hikes in Newfoundland where you climb up the mountain and uh, it's pretty, 
pretty cool feeling. That was my first time doing it out there. So different things when I go back home that I just like to enjoy that I, I don't get to do during the hockey season. How long is that hike? Um, I think that one was like, um, it was five to six hours, I believe. Wow. Or six to eight. I'm not, I'm not too sure, but, um, you know, it's a full day thing and, you know, you take, you take your food and your water and you kind of had a little break on top and enjoy it. That's awesome. Did you catch any salmon on the uh, salmon trip? Yeah, I tagged out. I got both of my salmon and, um, it was pretty cool. And we also went out cod fishing and, uh, you know, just enjoy, enjoy the nice days when we can get them. So did you just say you tagged out? Is that some terminology that I should know about? <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like, you, you know, you get your license and you have so many tags that you can fill. So, oh, right, right. Okay. Yes, you're right. Okay. <laughs> like, so you, you hit your quota. Yeah, I got, I got both my salmon. You can keep two, but you can fish, you know, I'll see more and release them, but uh, that's as many as you can keep. Do you big seafood guy? Is that the kind of food you like? You like salmon to eat? Yeah, I enjoy it. I'm after liking it more as I get older. So, you know, I, I enjoy crab a lot and then salmon and, and cod, but uh, mostly crab. I find that's really good. And, um, you know, it's, it makes it feel more homey when you go home and eat that just from the Newfoundland. So what what are some of those like Newfoundland cuisines that are are, you know, really native to Newfoundland that you like? Um, the big thing is like, I don't know, for me, like we always did like a big Sunday, Sunday brunch pretty much and breakfast. And uh, that's obviously, you know, all the food, like you have all of your the eggs, the bacon, the sausage, the, you know, there, there's bologna and then you have Towton's also, which is like fried dough. That's a Newfoundland thing. So um, pretty much I'm pretty basic though. I love the barbecue. So whenever dad cooks a bit of steaks or hot dogs or hamburger, that's, uh, that's probably my favorite. <laughs> well, what's your pregame meal? What's the go-to food for your game day? Anything for me. If <laughs> no, uh, I'm not too superstitious or nothing. Like if, you know, I enjoy it and I like it and, uh, you know, it's good for your body before games, I'll, I'll have it for sure. You know, I'll have steak, chicken, pasta, whatever, rice, you know, all of it works for me. It's good. Do you have a pregame song that gets you pumped up and ready to hit the ice? No, like, like I said, not too, there's a couple of things that I do that's like, you know, just part of your, your warm up that you enjoy and help you get ready. But whatever song if they put you know rap or country or whatever i'm still going to prepare for the game it's <laughs> i'm not too particular on any of that so you have an eclectic music taste is what you're saying you listen to everything yeah well before game obviously i would like the you know it's not listening to classical music you don't want, you don't want celine dion before the game no. she's not getting you going the pump up music and like just the normal upbeat songs are good but if i'm picking like just you know my preferred songs like i i enjoy listening to country when i'm just you know out for a drive or, you know, back home. So that's, that's what I like in music, but not, not before game. Favorite, you have a favorite artist, favorite song? Um, right. Oh, not, not really. That changes a lot. Pretty much. I like the the newer style and I'll see, I got some old ones on my phone, but nothing in particular. Like I said, I, I kind of switch it up, whatever I'm feeling in the moment. Now I do have to ask, I'm looking this up online. We were talking about food um, and I might be putting you on the spot here, but I was like looking at what's native to Newfoundland. Do you know what flipper pie is? Flipper pie. Is that a, is that a thing? I'm like looking things up online and I'm like, no, it's something about like seal tails or something. Wait, right. seal I was going to say, but I didn't want to sound stupid, but a seal, like that's what you would say, like the flipper, like for, 
part of seal but i've i've never heard that or have, or have had it but i know i figured that's what you meant but i didn't want to say because <laughs> i didn't want to be on video cut saying something that's like totally off that's that's not part of the heritage <laughs> and i feel like shame myself saying nova scotia instead of newfoundland as a canadian i like really <laughs> let the country down <laughs> but you lived in quebec for quite a few years do you know any fr- not you amanda but Dawson, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> do, you know any, do you know any French? How, how good your French? No, I, I, I didn't really pick up on the French much. Like I, I'm from Newfoundland, like you said, and I moved away when I was, you know, I'm late birthday, so I was 14 at the time, but I was turning 15 in October, and uh, so I went to Bishop's first, which is the English school in an English town in Quebec, which is like not much heard of as much. But then when I went to Drum- at all, <laughs> no. So when I went to Drummondville, then. Um, you know, I had, I had an English coach there. He was an assistant coach, but he was fully English. And I would say, like, we had a lot of guys from, you know, Ontario, the Maritimes, and Europe. So there was, like, half the team that was only English-speaking. So from, And my billet was uh, Denny Gote there. So he played in the States, and his sons, they all, they all spoke English and the family. So, like, I wasn't really put in that environment where I had to speak French. Like, it was kind of like, you know, you could try to learn it and everything, but all the hockey and my fan and, you know, back at the billet was all in English. Mostly. What was it like? Sorry, having Denny Gauthier as your as your billet? Yeah, really good. Obviously, he he, you know, played a lot of years in the NHL and uh, works for RDS now, and he had a great career. And uh, I thought I was pretty fortunate to live there. And you know, his family is so nice and caring. Like I'm still in touch with them all the time. Like I, I talk to the uh, the boys all the time, and you know, following them, and um, you know, even even them. Like I'll I'll text them every so often and keep in touch because you know they. They meant a lot to me there and, you know, invited me into their home and made it so welcoming. And, you know, you couldn't ask for no better billet. Did, how does that sort of work? Like, did, did you just get put there or like, how does that kind of work in terms of you ending up with that specific billet family? Yeah. You know, when, <laughs> when uh, before the draft, obviously, like they were talking to me and everything and they brought me out for a tour and then, um, you know, Denny was there and then they, they brought me over to a spot and they're like, you know, this is, you know, We'll, we'll draft you and like, you know, we, we want you here and, you know, this is where you'll be staying. So we want to make sure that, you know, everything will be in, in place. Right. So they didn't want me to have no question marks. So yeah. they, they really set it out. They're like, you know, we'll pick you in the draft and take you here. And like, this is the rank, the room, this is our setup. And uh, this is how we work here. And they're like, this is where you'll be staying. And, you know, you'll do schooling online. So they really wanted to have no, like, you know, questions in the back of my mind that I, I, I wouldn't be familiar with when I show up there. So, uh, you know, that was really good feeling just knowing where I would live and uh, all the setup that they had, because, you know, I felt so comfortable then when I showed up just because I knew everything. Did your brother take your room at the, at the Gautier house? Because your, your brother was drafted by Drummondville. <laughs> yeah. He played, he played in Drummondville last year and he's, he's back there now. And, uh, no, but he's at a different billet now. Okay. <laughs> they, um, See, their their family's big in the hockey too, right? So they've been pretty busy. Like Kalen, who my billet brother, he plays in Drummondville now. And their mm-hmm. other son, Ethan, just got he's drafted to Sherbrooke. So they're and the you know, the daughter, she does like volleyball and all soccer and different sports. So they 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 were really busy. So <laughs> So you were were you the last billet child? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And I was they saved the best for last, right? <laughs> Great. Uh, but looking ahead, obviously, you're coming in now to training camp, trying to earn a spot on the roster. I want to know what you want to work on this year and what you're looking to show the coaches when you do arrive for training camp in mid-September. 
yeah, obviously I want to show a lot of progress in my game. Like, you know, I've been working for it and uh, the play at the pro level, you know, you're playing against men now. So everyone's a lot bigger, stronger and faster. And the game is just, you know, at a higher pace. So, and, you know, I want to make sure that I adapt to that really well. So, um, you know, when that time comes and getting in with the older guys, I want to make that transition as soon as possible. So, you know, and, and show that I can play with them and, you know, be a, you know, a factor in every game and try to earn my spot here. You know, every, every player is here working together, but you're also, you know, fighting for that position and, uh, you know, to make that, you know, get your position on the team, like I said, and that's what I want to show them that, you know, that's where I want to play and this is what I want to do and, you know, play for the devil. So that's what, uh, you know, my mindset is coming into camp. We're going to wish you the best of luck too when training camp comes around. So, and we also wish you a big thank you for joining us today on the Speak of the Devil podcast. So Dawson, again, thanks for taking the time joining us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Congrats on the new house, honey. What's this? Carbon monoxide detectors? Yeah, but one on every level. Because you can't see or smell carbon monoxide. And when fuel-burning appliances aren't working right, CO can build up and be deadly. Guys, I'm on it. We just want to know you're safe. At PSENG, we're committed to your family's safety. Know how to prevent carbon monoxide poisoning. If your CO detector goes off, leave immediately. Then call 911. Protect the ones you love. Learn more at PSEG.com slash gas safety. And so we finished with Dawson, and one of the things we talked about was coming into training camp and trying to make the team. And actually, Amanda, you made this point at the intro, which was how he showed both that if you look at both World Junior times he played yeah. for Canada, the first one he was in a more of a shutdown defensive type of role. The second one, he's more of somebody that's been looked to to score, and he did produce a lot, win medals in both situations. But when you look at a young guy trying to make a team, it's usually defense and face-offs, especially a young center. Those are the two biggest he's hurdles. He's got it down. And he's, and he's excelling at both of those. So is he a guy we should keep an eye on the training camp when he gets there? Absolutely. I mean, I think that there's been a lot of – actually, I don't know if a lot of is the right word, but there's been a particular buzz around that Mercer pick from his draft just because – of you know what we've been talking about how he is so dynamic in terms of being able to adapt so he's definitely a player that I even though he was drafted in the first round I think like he's still going to impress even more than the fact that he was drafted in the first round and what those expectations are I think he's really you know a type of player who's going to do that and as we mentioned with him he's a late birthday right so he has this added advantage now he's going to play pro next year regardless of where he ends up in Utica or in New Jersey and that's a huge asset for this team to have him come in be able to play as a 19 year old and just you know hopefully absorb absolutely everything when it comes to, um, you know, learning that pro game. And obviously we're here for hockey and hockey is what we do, but the fun part of these is we get to learn about these guys yeah. off the ice as well. And as per people and Dawson, obviously quite the outdoors man, quite the personality and just seems like a fun character that, it will be just a good added addition to any locker room he ends up walking into. For sure. And one of the things he told me after we were recording is that during one of his quarantines, when he was back home, um, he, <laughs> he ended up like cutting wood as an exercise, <laughs> as like something to do, like once his parents left for work, cause you were obviously like allowed to go outside and he has a furnace in his house. So he would just like chop wood all day, which is just like, it is such like a maritimey hockey player kind of story. Like I remember when I was working in Montreal, 
hearing, I, you remember the hockey player, Travis Moen, he played in Anaheim for a long time. He played in Montreal as well. And his summer routine, he's from Saskatchewan, would be like rolling barrels of hay. So there's this like, <laughs> there's this like real sense of like maritime in him that comes out. And I absolutely love, I mean, I'll, I'm here to support any fellow Canadian really, but, right. but absolutely. I mean, a great kid. I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, what his future brings. He could cut his hair, though. That would be. <laughs> well, I have visions of him uh, as Rocky Balboa training yeah. in, Rocky, in Russia, li- lifting up logs. And I've noticed I, that this is a trend, though. Like a lot of these young prospects have like this, like longer hair than I. I don't know. I don't, I'm not into it. <laughs> well, hey, as long as it's working for him. As long as they play hockey well, we're good. Playing well defensively and scoring goals, I think the New Jersey Devils will be fine, just fine with how long his hair is. Absolutely. But on that note, that will be a wrap on this edition of Speak of the Devils podcast presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. Speaking of chopping wood in a flannel, I want to send our thanks to executive producer Andrew McLean <laughs> or Amanda Stein. I am Sam Kassan, and we will catch you next time.